This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. So I ended up finishing 17th. It was a little bit of a bittersweet um, day for me. So the way athletics sometimes works is they'll take the first two in a heat and then the next two fastest times across all the heats. And I ended up in the heat with the fastest two of the day. And so I actually finished fourth in my heat. So I was in the top 16 and should have advanced to the semis if it had been based on time. But unfortunately, the heat draw, I actually I missed by one. And so I ran well and I broke the, my national record and ran the fastest I've ever run, but it, it was a little bit disappointing, actually. The world is full of amazing people. And once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. Our awesome human yesterday is Andrea Hams. I've known this amazing woman for the past eight years, originally meeting through a mutual friend at a CrossFit gym on the Gold Coast with Sally Pearson, of all people. I went on to learn that she was a bronze medal winner at the Commonwealth Games and was now an aspiring CrossFit athlete. To say I've never met anyone as fit as Andy is an understatement. She had an amazing strength and endurance and was a good chick. Since then, our paths have crossed on numerous occasions, with one of my highlights taking my daughter to cheer her on representing New Zealand again uh, at the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. I know it's sad, uh, I am Australian, but it's the only time I've ever cheered for New Zealand. But she lifted weights, lifted some really heavy things on the Gold Coast in the Commonwealth Games, and we couldn't have been prouder of her. I'm in awe of her physical ability, but even more amazing that she, of everything that's currently happening. She's studying for a PhD and is a qualified physiotherapist. Wow. And now, if that story is not even good enough, she's expecting a baby. She's 8.75 months pregnant sitting in my podcast room, and I'm very nervous <laughs> that we won't get through the podcast, but I just ask, please, let's, let's do that. Let's not have the baby here. It's a, new, it's a new studio. We don't want to ruin the carpet. But, Andy, thanks so much for coming along. I've been waiting ages to do this podcast, and thanks for coming. My oh, pleasure. Thank you for having me. Sorry about the intro, but it is something I get very excited about because when I took Abigail down to uh, watch it, it was you had the big crew on the side and it was just amazing seeing someone that you know um, come out and then represent your country. How's that? Uh, I don't know if you can see my arms. Oh, I can, but I it, yeah. See <laughs> yeah, it's just the adrenaline, like obviously just even thinking back to, uh, uh, I guess it's a full year ago now, thinking yeah. back to April um, last year and Having my entire family there, it was a very different experience to eight years prior when I was there as a um, track and field athlete, yeah. obviously this time as an Olympic weightlifter. So, you know, eight years older, but also having that support network around me was just, it, yeah, it was indescribable. Yeah, the, this, the atmosphere in the whole place was just insane. And then every time you walked out, it just went wild. It was like, that must just help you lift heavier weight, I oh, suppose. Definitely. And I guess for me, um, yes, I'm a New Zealander and I'm a Kiwi, but I've lived in Australia for 10 years. And so we're going to claim you now. I walk, I, you know, I work across the road at Griffith University. So yeah. I had, you know, colleagues and family and friends and it was just, it really was a home games for me. So it was amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so today's podcast is all about you. And I know people don't, and you're one of these people that don't like telling people about yourself and you don't like big noting yourself. It's not about that at all. So it's, we want to learn about your life story. So I always ask this question first. What's your first ever memory you can think of? How far back can you go, you reckon? Stumps everyone, so don't feel bad. Well, actually. <laughs> oh, straight away. How good is that? <laughs> I, uh, I was quite an early walker. And um, my mum had gone out to um, keep fit yep. <laughs> on one of four kids and um, obviously was number two. And uh, I managed to climb out of my cot, put a chair. I was 
not even 18 months, put a chair against the door, get out the door, take myself down the road at least four to 600 metres and turn up at, uh, you know, our neighbours down the road house. And then obviously 18 months, <laughs> 18 months he returned, my dad was home and he was in the shower at the time. And then our neighbour returned, returned this baby <laughs> to my dad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I took myself on a bit of a stroll uh, at 18 months and I, I remember it. I remember doing it. <laughs> so wow. It's probably my earliest memory. That's unbelievable. People only normally remember from sort of three onwards. No, 18 months it's old. stuck in my head. Yeah. Your I must old have man must have been shit scared too. <laughs> Probably off my mum. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So you yeah. made it about 600 metres down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So I had been walking for about nine months at that point. So. Oh, I do? So you're a really early starter. <laughs> As a, yeah. So you're out of the blocks quick. No pun intended. Sorry, that was yeah. a really bad joke. Um, so where were you born? Uh, I was born in Howick in uh, Auckland. Howick. Yes. So is that H O W A R K? H O W I C K. I see. Howick. Okay. And where's that? It's sort of East Auckland. East Auckland. Yeah. Okay. And what? Um, where'd you go to school? Same sort of area. Yeah. So I went to the local primary school, Wakaranga Primary, and then Farm Cove Intermediate. So we have a between two years um, in New Zealand, and then I chose to travel uh, into the into the city as um, for high school, and went to Epsom Girls Grammar School uh, for my teenage years, which I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to do. So do you remember back to primary school and those sort of things? Definitely. And were you a good kid, bad kid? Were you you an athlete then or? Yeah, I definitely, it was sort of the running joke. I think from as soon as I could uh, get going, I like to to run around and I like to be active and, you know, a neighbor, we used to call her Nana Blake. She'd always say, oh, she'll be an athlete one day. So I'd be tearing around. And um, I think also... Having brothers either side of me, I was quite a physical kid and very yeah. active. My dad sort of uh, spent a lot of time with us being outdoors and I think all of those things contributed to my interest in being moving and and I guess uh, certainly I'm pretty sure I started athletics at three. So Wow. Yeah. Well, like little athletics like yeah, we have Yeah, yeah. So my older brother attended the local um, athletics club and I just liked to do everything he did. So <laughs> mum was like, oh, well, let's let her. <laughs> And what was the age difference between the two? Of you? Uh, so he's two years older than me. And you're younger? Uh, my younger is three years younger than me. And then your sister? Another two years. Another so, two years? Yeah. Oh, okay. So every two years? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Poor, poor how was it growing up with four kids? Amazing. I, was it? Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't for mum and dad, but it just. Well, I've got four kids and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I can, <laughs> I'm trying to see both sides <laughs> because it's yeah. really hard as a parent. Yeah. But at the same time is I look at it like you guys later in life. And how close you can, like, they're all still together. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. It's like I, I, I look forward to that. Like my boys, they beat each other up every day. Um, and then the girls are best mates. So it's, re- it's really weird. Um, yeah. But like later in life, I really hope that that dynamic stays together. Definitely. And it changes, I guess, as you grow up. So you sort of go through your teenage years and you're not as close, but then as adults you come, yeah, you know, that, come back full circle. Now, so yeah. hopefully it all changes. <laughs> no, it does. definitely does. <laughs> so are you closest to brother or sister? Have you got like one that you're closer to? Remember, they're all going to listen to this. <laughs> I think I think my relationship with um, my two brothers and my sister are just all different. Like I get okay. quite different things from each person, I guess, yeah. like friendships. So my older brother, he's very – um, successful businessman and and I I feel I learn a lot from him in a different way I can't believe he's only two years older than me oh, I just really? he yeah. blows my mind with what he's done in his life and um, my younger brother he's um he's just really fun loving and practical and probably makes me look I'm quite a serious person at times, so <laughs> he sort of brings out a different side of me and then my sister and I 
are as thick as thieves. So we've yeah. definitely, it was five years between us. But well, I never picked that. <laughs> so when I first met you guys, it was yeah. actually through your sister that I met you yeah. originally. And I thought you were like either twins or there was a year apart. Like yeah. You never pick it was a lot of years. people ask if we're twins. So yeah. I always tell her it's because I'm so youthful. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that one going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you, you all grew up, went to the same school? No, no. Um, we went to the same primary and intermediate, but mm-hmm. um, we got to choose where we went to high school or college. So okay. And again, we are all very different. So um, my brother and I went into the grammar schools and my younger brother and sister chose the school locally. So um, that was just what worked for each of us. So I'm very grateful that mum and dad recognised our similarities but our differences and let us choose. I I think seriously it's an amazing – we're doing the same at the moment. Like my uh, oldest boy, he's in year six, so we're looking at what high school he goes to. Yeah. And we looked at the girls' school and said that's not right for him. So then we've picked a different school and everyone's going, why why do you make it hard for yourself? It's like – well, it's not for us. No. It's where they're going to grow for the next six years. Absolutely. And they need to actually be given the opportunity. So that's amazing that your parents did that. Definitely. And obviously you're very thankful for that. Uh, I am. I, I, I honestly don't think, I always say I didn't realise I was, not, not. I don't consider myself smart, but I don't think I realised I had an academic talent to my, to my both Is that because you were an athlete? Well, think? I think I think there's usually one or the other. Yeah, isn't I guess as a um, as a you know through primary and intermediate, they were good schools, but I guess it was very you know streamlined public schooling, yeah. and, I, and there wasn't really any chance to excel. I knew I was good at sport, and I knew I was very good at math, but I didn't sort of wasn't really aware that maybe I had other strengths. And then by attending the high school, I did it was very pro. It was girl only school, and very um, amazing teachers. They were, most of them had PhDs and had returned to teach, which I just wow. now blows my mind. Yeah. So my you know maths and English teacher were doctor whoever, and it just yeah, and they just I don't know brought the best out of me, and and academically made me realize actually you know what university and onward from here is He's probably weird, yeah. where I need to be. Do you think if you went to the local school in with your mindset? Yeah. That you would have went a different way. I don't know. I guess I, I mean my mum's a firm believer that you'll do well no matter where yeah, you are. Um, and I definitely am a hard worker. I guess. Uh, and that being said, I was surrounded by very high achieving women, and that pulled something else out of me that um, okay. I, I'd not maybe had the opportunity to do otherwise. So sporting wise, I absolutely had, but yep. um, perhaps not academically. So I don't know. It's hard to say. I just know I am grateful for being able to go to that school as an out-of-zone student. so um, And how did you go there? Did you get a scholarship or is just something mum and dad decided actually it's, let's It's do actually that? still a public school. It's just um, our grammar system in New Zealand is, uh, it's, you know, it achieves higher levels or equal levels to all of our private schooling, but it's still okay. a public school. It's just very difficult to get into if you don't live within yeah, the zoning era. So yeah. um, they took about five people a year. So Wow. Very so lucky. lucky as well. Very lucky. So when you, you you started running when you were three at Little Athletics and those sort of things, as as we call it here, and when when was like your first competition and those sort of things? Uh, so I started competing at seven, mm-hmm. um, and uh, just you know obviously local competitions. And were you winning then? Like I was, yes. And I guess that sort of drives kids a little bit too if you're having that success early. Yeah. Um, I certainly had a natural ability for sprinting or any of the power sort of you know jumping and. Um, so definitely the shorter events were. So you're doing the all round type stuff. Yeah, think, initially, yeah, yeah. Learnt, learnt everything, but I was always probably going to end up in a more power based event later okay. on. So I was still I was heavily involved in gymnastics at that time as well, but athletics um, I think sort of stole my heart pretty early. And do you remember the day or the time period where you think actually I'm going to be really good at this and I could actually be an all black or whatever? Um, what, what are the athletes called? 
Because you've got all blacks, tall blacks. <laughs> I don't, we, don't, we don't really <laughs> no, have, have a name. No. Oh, okay. An athlete then. Yeah. For me, it was definitely uh, we had the 1990 Commonwealth Games in Auckland and yeah. I, I was eight and we'd competed, uh, we competed, sorry, just after the games had finished. And I obviously watched it on television yeah. and was in awe of these athletes. Did you go to the games at the time? I didn't go, but I watched it intently yeah. on TV. And, uh, and then I was at this uh, little competition a few weeks later and I collected a little bit of the track oh, really? <laughs> because all these ath amazing athletes had run on it and I decided at that point that I would take a little bit home and keep and one day I would do the same thing. Have so, you still got it? Yeah. Is it in a frame or something? <laughs> no, I just have, just have this little bit of rock because back then it wasn't a Mondo, it was that uh, softer plastic that oh, yeah. you sort of, you could kind of pick, I'm sure they didn't, didn't want kids doing that, but I <laughs> just took a little bit. And uh, well, yeah. It wasn't out the middle of the lane. No, or no, it was just sort of loose rubble on the yeah. edge. And so that was sort of my, for me, I, I made a decision at eight that that was what that I was, was going to do. do. Yeah. And then did you also then say, okay, well, at least I'm going to focus on one event or you were still doing all those events? No, I was still doing a bit of everything at that stage. It wasn't until mm -hmm. um, about 14 where, um, I actually even started hurdling, to be honest. Up oh, really? until Up until that point, I just was mostly sprints, jumps. I even did the long – I did do cross country. I did do all the longer stuff. Um, I actually used to go okay at that longer um, longer events, but I was never going to be probably be slight enough to stay in an event like that. When, when did you realise that um, actually – like I know you wanted to do it. When mm. did you realise that actually I can do this? Like if I put my mind to this, is that when you're around 14? Yeah, it was. So Because that's a really I, volatile age. Yeah, so I stopped I stopped gymnastics um, sort of as I, I think 13, 14. So I was a level 10 gymnast and I won nationals and had made the decision that um, I would end on a high and leave it there even though I'd been accepted. Into, How old were you then? Uh, I think I was nearly 14. Um, so I'd been accepted into our junior elite program, but I knew athletics was what I wanted to be doing. So okay. much to my coach's heartbreak, I, re I retired at 13 or 14 from gymnastics and uh, started training um, for athletics for the first time. And so I attended our national secondary schools in, in New Zealand are huge. That's our probably our biggest event okay. of the year. And um, that was definitely the point where I went yes because I hurdled there for the first time I obviously won national championship and I broke a New Zealand record and I'd I hadn't really actually trained properly yet yeah, for the sport for, and for hurdles yeah okay. and I and so I for me I think that was the you're in the right spot this is okay. this is for you so. and it's amazing at the age of 14 that like I know I've got a 14 year old daughter and her decision making <laughs> is uh a little bit like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But to be that focused and stuff, do you think that's because you'd been doing it for so long as well? Um, I, pro probably a little bit, but I think also, um, and this is, I guess, that nature-nurture argument, who knows? Yeah. Mum would say from a young age I definitely had, um, I was like not not a perfectionist to the point of that I couldn't, couldn't get things done, but I definitely had elements of personality that made me want to get things done and get them done well. So OCD, I, how are you talking? No, I, I, I definitely. I, I don't get me wrong. I have elements, <laughs> but um, but certainly um, certain like certain personality traits that definitely made yeah. it quite attractive to you know know that I could work hard for something and then hopefully would see you know some sort of return from that. So I, I enjoyed that. I liked that I could put effort in and and see an and outcome. Actually, see a result. Yeah. And well, mum and dad. Pushy parents were they just sort of chilled and just let you do what you wanted to do, or how'd that work? Um, definitely not. So, um, mum was always there, dad was always there. They were quietly sitting in the corner, but neither of them would have known how to work a stopwatch, like literally. <laughs> like they were so. It, I was there because I wanted to be there, yeah. not because um, 
because they wanted me to and that was probably I think part of the reason for my success is that they were there 100% in terms of support but there was absolutely no push for me to continue unless I wanted to be there so Wow. Yeah. So at, at 14, you're in, what's that, year nine or 10 at school? Is it still work the same way in New Zealand? Yeah. yeah. So it was at, it was called third form, but it's at the equivalent, I think, of year, year nine. nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So then then you've obviously you've won nationals, you broke a record and think, okay, I'm going to be a hurdler. Do you then think, how does that affect my studies? Or that really just didn't matter anymore? I was um, pretty set on uh, ensuring I did both at that point. So okay. I wanted to, I definitely wanted to do well at school because I'd sort of, um, I guess, was discovering that that was something else that I wanted to explore. And um, and obviously, I guess the benefit of being at school is um, it is still limited hours. So you can train, you know, train, yeah, train around that. So uh, it gets a little trickier at university depending on what you study, but certainly uh, it can be done. So as long as you, that's what you want to do. Did you know what you wanted to do at uni when you were at school still? I always wanted to be a physio. Oh, really? Yeah, I, it was something. Why is that? Um, I guess it's hard not to be drawn to the to the body and learning about the body mm-hmm. as a someone who likes movement so yeah. much. Um, and I've always enjoyed maths and science, so it just seemed like a logical job for someone like myself. I guess mm-hmm. medicine had its allure too, but I felt uh, probably more so that uh, it would have been detrimental to my to my sport like I've seen people what they give up to to sort of go down that path whereas uh, physiotherapy has actually really has allowed me quite a lot of flexibility and allowed me to do both so uh, I'm I mean I'm very proud of my profession and certainly I think I made the right call for me yeah definitely definitely and the thing is you know how to deal with injuries better and you learn more about the body absolutely that so that's got to obviously help with your longevity as well oh 100 percent. and I hopefully have demonstrated that you know I'm um 37 and I ended up having, you know, two or three careers. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, isn't it, when you look at it? And we're going to go into that now. Is that I, I look at what you've done at such a young age? You're 14. You've then now you finish school, and do, do you then go full time into athletics, or how does that work? Um, so obviously, I I went to university, so, so it was, straight after school. Yeah. yeah okay. So I um, just uh, kept kept doing much the same and combining my studies with training and. Um, initially was lucky enough to study in Auckland so I could stay at home but yeah. uh, eventually I did move down to Dunedin to study physiotherapy and um, and moved out of home sort of for the first time. So Is that because of where you were going sport-wise or university-wise? Or? It was sport decisions so down down in Dunedin um, the coach down there had a really strong footing in sprints and hurdles Okay. Um, and um, my coaches that I'd had my entire life, um, Yvonne and Graham O'Brien, um, I guess you know, really had their own own children and changes happening in their own life. And that developed me from 13, 14, all the way through to like my early 20s. And um, I like my success is due to their programming. They, yeah. built, they built my foundation. Um, like another set of parents, really, aren't they? Well, they were. Yeah. They really were. They were absolutely. <laughs> probably saw you more than your parents did. Well, they probably well. did, but absolutely amazing people. And so, um, and Brentwater allowed me to sort of, um, you know, obviously go down and do my physiotherapy study, but also built on my, uh, hurdling technical ability and and developed another another aspect of my um, athletics. So were you still winning all the school championships and then obviously at university the games all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That process. So I was still doing sprints as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Two hundred was probably more my preference, but certainly long jump sprints and hurdles were certainly my strengths, and I kept doing that for as long as I could. But the hurdles. Uh, was obviously where I first qualified for, say, the World Junior Championships and yeah. then World Universities and then eventually World Championships. So it's uh, it was always 
my strength to have a technical element as well as a speed element. Okay. Yeah. So you can do both things at once. Well, <laughs> which I tried. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> so do you remember the first day you got a phone call or how does it work when they said you're actually going to represent your country? Definitely, yeah. Was that school or university? Where was that? Uh, so my first uh, time I represented in athletics was just was Oceania Championships okay. in, in Fiji. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, it's funny actually because it was – I think almost exactly 20 years later when I went back as a my first Oceania Championships as a weightlifter oh, really? <laughs> in Fiji again. So both <laughs> in the same and at the same university. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it's funny how life does that. So um, <laughs> so how old were you when you made the, um, the team for Oceania? So I was 14 um, as a track athlete and obviously 34. 34. <laughs> so. Amazing. So you're 14 years old and... Did back then did they give you a letter or did they ring you or do you remember? They definitely sent you definitely got a little letter. Yeah. Um and uh usually I'm trying to remember with Oceanus, definitely with Commonwealth Games they ring you. Um I'm trying to remember if Oceanus where they did or not. They might have spoken to mum and dad to be yeah. honest. At 14, um, yeah. but, <laughs> but certainly you got a letter. So did they go with you? To the Oceana? No. No. So um, I guess we were all an underage team. So we had travelled with like a okay. manager and yeah. um other support staff. So must have been hard. I well, I think that a lot. Uh, must have been hard for mum and dad. I you know to let me start travelling so young. Oh, um, definitely. My my daughter's going this Saturday to China to play football, and she's sixteen. And we're sitting there going, okay, so who are you with? What's you know, <laughs> we got WhatsApp so we can check on them. But yep. back then they had none of that. No, like, we used to. I used to uh, ring collect. I used yeah. to ring collect and I'd say, <laughs> will you accept the charges? <laughs> Mum would go, yes. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? So then, so that was as a junior athlete. When did you make your first sort of senior New Zealand team? Uh, so I'm trying to. So it would have been. So World Juniors was sort of under twenty, and, and then how did you go in the World Juniors? Um, so I ended up finishing 17th. It was a little bit of a bittersweet um, day for me. So the way athletics sometimes works is they'll take the first two in a heat and then the next two fastest times across all the heats. Okay. And I ended up in the heat with the fastest two of the day. And so I actually uh-huh. finished fourth in my heat. So I was in the top 16 and should have advanced to the semis if it had been based on time. But unfortunately, the heat draw I actually I missed by one, and so oh, I ran well and I broke in my national record and ran the fastest I've ever run. But it, it was a little bit disappointing actually. That was. Um, and so how does that hit you at such an age? Do you like do you does it kick you in the guts or do you just think oh well I'll go to the next one? Um, a bit of both. So obviously there's the element of frustration and yeah. disappointment. Obviously even now I'm like you know frustrated, <laughs> but at the same time it definitely for me was always a fire for the next the next thing it was like okay it's happened move on what can yeah. we do, what can we do to ensure it doesn't happen again so you, you had like an old head on young shoulders uh, I so think that's the way it seems to me is yeah. like cuz you're making all these really big decisions and and you're moving on with things and getting over stuff when you're 14 years old that's amazing i guess you kind of have to otherwise um you'd you'd sort of eat yourself up on the inside yeah. i think as a you know and at the end of the day it's still uh, as much you know it's still it's not going to say only sport but it's it's only one aspect of you so you know you can't let it consume you you just gotta you know enjoy it and let it be a big part of you but also you know keep keep your head square about it and a lot of people do that a lot of, yeah. a lot of people fail and and fall over because of small mishaps in their life um and you, you find even like a lot of rugby league players and that sort of stuff like that's all they know yeah. And if they don't make that, then it's like I've got no other options. Whereas I suppose you had a couple of options as well because you've kept that open for yourself. Yeah, um, and I do I do believe that's what worked best for me. I guess for others it is to just do one thing. And, yeah. and in fairness, that probably is the preferred way to do it if you want to be 
you know, a world leader um, in, in your chosen area. But I guess I, I needed the, the little bit of both. And because I had some very significant injuries in my career, I think um, having those two aspects did work well because I was able to obviously focus on either study or work and then do my rehabilitation and then return. So, um, yeah, I guess that was what worked for me, but I guess everyone will be different. Um, and I, and I get it like, you know, you really, you pour, you pour such huge hours into what you do and it is devastating. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I guess it's then about, you know, making that next micro goal that builds to the next big thing as well. So what was the next thing after you come 17th in Oceana? Uh, so we usually yearly obviously had our nationals and the yeah. Australian nationals and then it would have been world universities for me. It was mm-hmm. kind of that stepping stone. Um, it's sort of like our under, I'm trying to think, is it under 25 or under, under for athletics? So it's yeah. sort of. I guess our between step. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did uh, two of those. Um, so the first one was in um, Thailand and I finished seventh. And then the next one was in Serbia and I won a bronze medal. So that was sort of my first. So was your sort, first major medal? Yeah, major medal um, at sort of that next step up. Um, and then obviously after that, it was our World Track and Field Championships and then our Commonwealth year the following year. So between all of that though, um, I, I had back surgery and <laughs> that was sort of, and had to come back from that. And, yeah. um, and then obviously, and then I actually had to have a second surgery um, on just, your back again? just after Commonwealth Games. So the 2010 Games where I won bronze, I had, a, I had another and then had to sort of come back from that again. So it's sort of been a highly, it's, it's sort of fascinating. I find it fascinating because it was, a, I, I'm really proud and I had a highly successful career, but I did have a lot of lows in terms yeah. of recovery and needing to work back from literally zero like it was a 10 minute walking programs where I started wow post-operatively so yeah and then you end up jumping hurdles again that's it yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable <laughs> isn't it so during that whole time um like I mentioned in the intro that you're mates with Sally and yeah. did like was she going around at the same time like at the university games all those sort of things like did you find the athletes you were running against at 14 at the world's with the same athletes that you were still running against at the Com Games? Yeah, yeah, it is the same group of people. And I guess for Sal and I, um, my decision to, she was a big part of my decision to move to Australia, or she was the majority of it. We uh, were training on our own, me in New Zealand and her in Australia. And we thought, well, we're both hurdlers. We're the only ones in the Southern Hemisphere. Let's do this together. So okay. she had, uh, you know, the benefit of the warmth of the, of the Gold Coast and <laughs> had a really um, incredible setup in terms of training base and, you know, an amazing coach. So it made more sense for me to relocate. I'd finished my physiotherapy and uh, it was sort of good timing. So and, you'd finished uni? Yes. And yeah. then how, how do you make that decision? Um, I guess it, 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 was, it was sort of maybe six to eight months of conversations between her and I and then eventually I, I started applying for jobs here on the coast and mm-hmm. I secured that first and that was a big thing for me was making sure I could support myself part-time whilst yep. continuing to train. Uh, we certainly had financial support from our federation but it wasn't a full um, a full wage as yep. per se so I needed to make sure I could have that part-time supplement and once that was in I was like right I'm in let's do this. You're in let's go and, <laughs> Move and country. then you become Australian. <laughs> well, We're going to claim yeah. that's fine. <laughs> so then you come to Australia this is pre-com games yeah yeah and then when like so during that process obviously how does the the living in australia but qualifying for the new zealand team how's that work so uh all of our major events have a a qualifying time and obviously a wind that you have to so i can't have too much of a large tailwind so as long as it's at a sanctioned event where the track's been measured as being accurate and Mm -hmm. and there's electronic timing you can qualify pretty much anywhere in the world so um i was able to obviously you know, train here and race and race here. And it was still 
contributing towards. So you didn't my, have to win nationals, or you just, as long as you run that time, so then you qualify. Generally, yes. Okay. So sometimes there were specific events you needed to attend, but yep. generally it was um, a specific time that you had to attain. Um, which was one of the, my, the great things about athletics was it was quite black and white. You've had a time, you've done it within the qualifying period. I mean, there's no disputing it. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember that that race when you when you actually qualified for the first com games? Definitely. And actually that season I think I ended up doing probably about 10 qualifiers, so it was it was um yeah, but that first time I do remember ducking under that qualifier and just feeling like, wow, this is... This I'm, is, I'm this going is, to the Com Games. This, this is happening. <laughs> so although I never I never liked to count my chickens until I got that official letter off I call. <laughs> yeah. And do you remember that call? Yes. What do they say? Um, they pretty much congratulate you and let you know that your nomination's been uh, successful and that, you know, you're, you're on the team. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. It must be just such a buzz. Like Definitely. It's... it's and were your family with you here then, or are you, they still in New Zealand at the time? That uh, I would have been in Australia at the time when I got that call. Wow. Yeah. And I suppose Sally would have got a call similar sort of time because you're, you're both together. Yeah. Um, that, that's amazing. So then you get to go with your mate on two different teams. Were you always competitive? Um, yes and no. I think um, at the end of the day, I, I don't I don't know if you've seen the video of Commonwealth Games. I think Sally was actually more excited for me than herself, yeah. which seems <laughs> bizarre. She just, you know, won a gold medal and obviously having had, um, you know, she fell at the Commonwealth Games prior to that. She fell over. And so for her, it was not only coming back probably mentally from that, but then you know, winning her first gold. And, yeah. But she just about lost her mind when I made the final. And then when she realised I got bronze, she just <laughs> lost it. She was dragging me around the track. So... I don't know. I think I think you can't spend that much time training and hurting with someone and not yeah. and not respect them. Yeah. In terms of and as she once said to me, we're sitting in the ice bath and she said, you know, I'm I'm determined, but Andrea, you're starving was the way she did because I because of all the injury I'd had and yeah, I yeah, and I course. kept and I kept coming back. She was like just for her, she really respected my resilience. And that's so, gonna be a motivator for her too though. Yeah. She was like, this girl won't go away either. No. Like, she's gonna catch me. Yeah. So like, I mean, certainly Sal's obviously the most talented of the two of us. There was no question of that. Um, but she, her respect, I, it was just, you know, something pretty amazing. That's going to make you feel good too. Oh, for sure. So you make it to the Com Games. So that was in Delhi? Yes. And what's Delhi like? Because that would be nerve-wracking too, going yeah. somewhere where. I guess we had quite an isolated experience when we're there because we're in the village oh, okay. and um, our food is provided and it's brought in by a catering company. So we don't, we didn't really get to experience, you know, the true, yeah, yeah. true India. So, um, which, you know, is a, is a real shame, but I guess with that, there was certain um, health needs that we, deli belly yeah, we, we really needed to be really careful and, <laughs> yeah, um, and sure. there was quite some high level terrorism threats around at that time. And mm. so it was, you know, there was quite a lot of security. So, um, we sort of, uh, yeah, like I said, it, it was, we didn't really see. So you're in a bubble the whole time. We were in a bubble. Yeah. It must be just a buzz the whole time you're there. It is a pretty amazing thing to do to sort of, you know, live, train and eat all within that same area with, you know, such high level athletes. It's pretty, it's pretty surreal. Yeah. And to me, you don't look like the person that gets starstruck pretty easy. Like you just sort of, you would be a bit chilled, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe not. I, oh, no. I mean, yes, like yes and no. Like I guess it's still pretty amazing to sort of see. Um, I, my favourite thing is guessing someone's sport. <laughs> so, so you're sitting there having your meal and as, as the different athletes walk in, you pick the gymnasts and the, you know, the different uh, events from athletics yeah, and yeah. the basketballers and it's kind of kind of neat to because <laughs> everyone is just so different. It's, so was Usain Bolt and those guys around at that time? Yeah. And so were they? So he didn't race in Delhi, but he, yeah. That oh, was, okay. Yeah. 
So you've still got like, so there was some super athletes. So if you want, I suppose you guys are super athletes <laughs> as well. But what I mean though is like some high, really high profile oh, athletes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that must be pretty cool too. It's very cool. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. And then it's race day. We have made it through the qualifiers. Yeah. Um, how many days is that over? So I think ours was over three in the end. Okay. Yeah. So you got to run one a day or you run running two Yeah, a day? just one a day. Okay. Yeah. And you make the final. Yep. Which I didn't expect to do. So mum and dad obviously weren't in Delhi with you. No. How was that phone call? Um, well, <laughs> actually, I'm pretty sure everyone was at home watching live. So yeah. they, they were screaming the house down. But it is funny. Like I do, I do remember crossing the line and looking up to the stadium and thinking like, what a shame that I, not they, they weren't there. But in fairness, I asked them not to attend because there wasn't, there was a bit of uncertainty around. Probably the terrorism stuff. Yeah. So I just sort of, um, it was sort of my call that yeah. I felt they were better at home. So. Um, and obviously everything was fine, but that, but then on, you know, I got to celebrate with Sally and with my coach Sharon. So yeah. it was still incredible. And then, so you've made the final, you're standing, you're standing on the blocks for a Commonwealth games final. Mm-hmm. Uh, what lane are you in? I, th- I was on the outside lane and, and funnily enough. So where was Sally in the middle? She's in the middle where the yeah. fast athletes are. And I, I was I was on the outside. And you keep saying that. You no. won a bronze medal. Hey, the well, well the, if you listen to the commentator, it goes across and it says who I am. And she goes, oh, she's not really in this. Oh, <laughs> Quote. <laughs> yeah. So there was really no one expected me to come through like I did. Wow. Yeah. That makes, must make even more proud, I reckon. That's pretty cool. Like yeah, it's definitely up. you can stick it up the commentator. It is, is a bit fun to, and I got the worst start. Oh, really? But I came home like a steam train. And do you remember the race at all, or is it just a blur? It is a blur. I, I like I've obviously watched it a number of times, yeah, in, yeah. and so I remember it from that. But I don't. I, I turn off when I compete, so I'm pretty auto autopilot. Yeah. So. so, and I suppose it would get to that point when you you walk out to the blocks and you just go into that zone. Yeah. So, do you hear the crowd and stuff? Or no, really... I hear it when I walk out and I acknowledge when I come out and then I, I just shut it out. Okay. So I just, if I do hear things when I race, I know it's not my best race. Whereas if I'm, if it's quiet, then that's. So just... I suppose you go into like a meditative state. Almost. It's yeah. quite strange. It's hard to explain, but I certainly, I just don't, I don't really hear Do you learn anything. that? Like, do you get taught that or is that just something that happens? I think. I think you can be taught that, but I feel like I developed that through probably gymnastics and then moving into athletics. Okay. Um, so it's just something that worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. So now you've got a bronze medal around your neck. You've just been dragged around the stadium by Sally <laughs> <laughs> with the flag up, obviously. And uh, and do you go back and party or what happens after that? Well, we, we had, um, I mean, neither of us are party people we yeah. had we had planned that we would have one drink to celebrate but then sally got called up for the relay so <laughs> we ne- we never did <laughs> and we still joke about it to this day that that's you know typical athletes were a bit lame so we, <laughs> we you know so it wasn't the big party up no. oh well that's yeah. all right then so then you've, you've come back home do you come back to australia or do you go back to new zealand uh i went on a family holiday and then came back to australia okay yeah, yeah. And so then you, you live here now. Yes. From from that point onwards. Yeah. Because I, I remember when we first met, we we're literally in a CrossFit gym and, and a mutual friend introduced us and we we're just chatting. And then you're you actually got right into CrossFit big time. Yeah. And now listening to your story, it it's all makes sense because obviously CrossFit's um endurance, it's gymnastics, it's so it's coming back to your childhood again because obviously you're a strength-based athlete. Yeah. Um did you make a conscious decision to become a CrossFit athlete then? Um, did you quit hurdles? When did you quit hurdles? Yeah. So it was sort of, so after 2000, so I had my second surgery um, mm-hmm. after Com Games, so sort of in 2011 and made a bid to come back for the 2012 uh, Olympics. 
but because I've had a fusion and a replacement, there was a lot of like I guess extra neural tension sort of through my oh, hamstrings, okay. and so I um, I got I got incredibly close that I kept and and the right that I tore my hamstring and I oh, tore really? it like to the point that I I couldn't walk like it was a complete. It was terrible. Is that because you went that bit harder, you think? Oh, I, I think it's because of my surgery and, yeah. and what I, you know, was pushing and asking of my body. I mean, it's not a natural thing to. <laughs> <laughs> um, After all those surgeries yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so it sort of. Was um, that devastating? Definitely. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess that was part of it. I, My body uh, had had done all it could do in terms of I wasn't obviously able to quite get my last few percent that I needed to compete at that next level in athletics, but I wasn't done competing. So that's sort of where CrossFit came in. I started rehabbing and strengthening my hamstring up and, yeah. and did it at a CrossFit gym. And then sort of like, okay, maybe, you know, this is a way I could keep keep going and, and sort of, you know, apply some of my so old. the competitive nature. Yeah, yeah. So obviously there was that, like you said, gymnastics element and then a bit of lifting. And and so, um, yeah, so that there was really no intention to take up CrossFit as a sport. Um and obviously that's what then actually led me to Olympic weightlifting. So it was almost just a, it was almost a transition. I did do two regionals, but it was really a transition to yeah. me finding Olympic weightlifting and well, my, you didn't my just bonus do round. two regionals. <laughs> yeah. I remember that you like literally collapsed. Well, the first one just about killed me. I, <laughs> I'd only been I mean. doing CrossFit for 12 weeks. <laughs> 12 weeks. <laughs> 12 weeks. And and it, oh, we've all been going for years. It was terrible. And you make regionals and then you literally nearly die oh. at regionals. But then you get an award at regionals. What for? I got spirit of the games but because I got viral meningitis. <laughs> So I was I was very sick. I ended up. But you um, kept going. It, yeah, I know. Well, that's, this is the, <laughs> that was probably the problem. So yes, yeah, so I ended up in hospital and off work for three months after that. I was wow. a very sick. Yeah. So I I didn't know I was so unwell when I went. I, I knew. Of I, course. I knew I was unwell, but I didn't realize how, how unwell, unwell you were. Yeah. But just even to get spirit <laughs> of the games after for nearly killing yourself in the competition is probably yeah. not the best idea. No. So when did you decide? Okay, we're gonna um, we're gonna leave CrossFit and just lift weights. Uh, well, well, I suppose you've never left CrossFit. Yeah, still, yeah, yeah. So, um, so 2014, I had every intention of competing in CrossFit, but I had a perforated appendix, and that put me out. <laughs> it gets better. And then <laughs> 2015, I um, obviously did compete at regionals, but in the final workout of the qualifiers, I got BPBV with like a um, vertigo. Um, from my inner ear, and I ended up in hospital for an entire week. So you shouldn't do CrossFit. Anymore. I, I, just yeah. So, <laughs> so I competed at the 2015 after not training for a month, and obviously finished eight. But yeah. um, that was probably um, a little bit again that that frustration of <laughs> oh man, top five to the games, and I had literally not been able to train for a month. So that one hurt a little bit. But yeah. I was Olympic weightlifting already throughout that, so I'd already done an Oceania Championships, and I was just starting to. I guess move into um, a bit more and more weightlifting alongside the CrossFit, and so I made the decision then at, after those games to um, to concentrate on you know trying for 2016 and seeing if I could make it as an Olympic weightlifter. And why Olympic weightlifting? Um, well, I guess it's not really similar to athletics. <laughs> Certainly, it's strength. I mean, I'm, I would say I'm more power than strength, so I, I was a long way <clears throat> probably behind in my squatting strength as to where I should have been, but I had good body awareness and good technical um, yeah. element on my side. So I was very good at snatch and um, that sort of bumped me to an extent up, but I was playing catch up with the, the squatting. So I just, I don't know, same thing. I guess it's the 1% that I love about it. You know, you're chasing it, chasing that little bit of, you know, extra kilo similar yeah. to the extra half second or, you know, hundreds of a second in the case of athletics. So, um, and 
I, I definitely love individual sports. I do love walking You're on a that. competitor. I love walking out on that platform and being like, right, what can I do today? <laughs> and do you find it's similar to when you're athletics, like you walk out into the stadium, you block everyone out and it's just you. You do the same when you walk on the platform? Yeah, you do. I think it took me a little while to learn to do it again, though, in weightlifting because the setup was so different because, okay. you know, you've got three judges in front of you and you've got a crowd in front of you, whereas yeah. in athletics I had a line of hurdles so it was easier in a okay. way to – so it took me a little bit to figure it out, but eventually I got there and, and figured out how, you know, what worked for me. For And I guess also you need an element of fire in your belly with the lifting, um, more so probably a calm with a snatch and then a fire for the clean and jerk because it's that weight's probably going to crush your soul a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, you then, once again, you're representing your country, mm-hmm. uh, you've gone 20 years later back to the OCR. That would have been a pretty surreal experience anyway. How'd you go to Oceana? Uh, so I first time around went well. That time around I didn't go so great. I oh, actually really? I snatched really well and then I didn't um I was going for an Olympic qualifier, so I pushed it on the clean and jerk and I ended up missing my jerk three times. So um, which if you know, I don't miss jerks either. So oh, it was really just really yeah. So but I I mean I left it on the I left it on the platform. Like it yep. was for me it was I, you know, wasn't worth coming home with a two hundred total. I needed a two oh five, so I just went for it. And then devastation or you were like, oh, okay, well, let's move on again like we have pretty much all our life. Yeah, so obviously it was about – no, it was like I, I still had, knew I wanted the next Commonwealth Games, so um, it was about, you know, refocusing and, and making sure that, that my, you know, ducks were lined up for that. So, <laughs> yeah. And so during all this process um, you meet this enormous human. Yes. <laughs> and tell, tell me about that. How did that happen? Uh, so we met through weightlifting. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> it's going to sound a bit lame. <laughs> I I literally, the first time I saw him, I was like, that's him. Oh, really? Yes. That's not lame. I've, ne- I've never been so sure of anything. Like obviously I'd never spoken to him, but I yeah, first time I saw him, I knew. You he thought, was, yeah, he was my he's guy. the one. Yeah. He's going to be my uh, he's baby my, daddy. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> my future husband. No. But yes, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just knew. So he was lifting weights as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then how did the whole romance thing happen? Uh, oh, you got to I, tell us the story. I kind of took a little while. So obviously we were just training together for, for a long period. And where was that, here on the coast? Uh, I was travelling up to Brisbane at the time, okay. so up to Coos Weightlifting Club, which sounds like an ironic name <laughs> given that I'm four years older. Um, there we go. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so now we're just um, training and friends to start with and then, um, you know, obviously started hanging out and dating. Did he ask you out on a date first or did you ask him? <laughs> Um, we I think, so it's probably you. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, he just had like more of a casual dinner. So yeah. yeah, caught up and did that. And then yeah, from there, I think we were pretty inseparable. I love the fact that you knew from day one. Oh, I, I was the same with my wife, but I was, yeah. she was 17. <laughs> and I was, I was only 18, but that's a long, long time ago. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think it is really like that. And yeah. I'm a true believer in that stuff. So. Yeah. And then, so you dated for a while. Yeah. And then when was the big proposal? How'd that happen? Um, so, well, so we've been married uh, since August 2017 and we got engaged, I think, the, the December before. So <clears throat> would have been December 2016. Yeah. So uh, it was really lovely, actually. We were on a family holiday up sort of Mulaney Way and uh, we went on a big bushwalk and he, we're just sort of coming back from that and obviously got down on one knee and proposed in this beautiful nas- national park. And funnily enough, his... Um, 
his dad had come on the walk with us, which wasn't planned. <laughs> um, and um, but he was off doing something, and there, yeah, there was a, there was this beautiful water water hole where there was a bunch of people sort of swimming, and they all started applauding. Oh, and wow. Regan's father missed the whole thing, and even oh, though really? even though he was there, <laughs> so we got back, and his mum's like, "What happened? What happened?" He's like, "Well, actually, I missed it." <laughs> so they knew. Did he tell him? I actually don't know if he told them before. I actually don't think he had. He'd, oh, really? he, he taught, he'd asked my parents, but he um, no, I, it was a complete surprise. Oh, he's a very traditionalist. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And what a great man. Like, seriously, you two just go together so well. Yeah. It's like I love looking at your wedding photos and stuff and you were just so happy. Definitely. It's like it's it's one of the happiest couples ever. And the best part is that you're both still doing what you love. And yes. And a big part of that, like obviously you open Bounce, yeah, uh, which is a CrossFit and weightlifting gym, but um, you did that together, and like the whole thing is just you got the same passions in life. Yeah, and uh, I guess that's it. Hey, is you want someone who, you know, you're better together. Like you know, you bring the best out in each other. So, and I think, I guess what I love is, uh, you know, I, I really think we are a team. So he's he's obviously, um, more he became my weightlifting coach and and has sort of had that. Um, you know, he looked after that aspect of my life, but also, you know, I've helped him with building his business. And, yeah. But he's also allowed me to continue to be, I guess, to a degree quite selfish over the last few years and let me train all those hours as well as work and then study. And, you know, he could have um, probably felt a little left out, but he never yeah. did. He, he knew I was, you know, pursuing something that I loved and that it's can only happen for so long. I can't continue to be an athlete forever as much as I'd love to think I could. <laughs> so he became your coach. Yeah, for weightlifting through the games and stuff. Uh yes. So he coached me to these the last games just yeah. through. So um, it was sort of the last sort of three or four years of weightlifting. He looked after all my training, which in itself is probably quite hard for a partner. Definitely. A, yeah, but it just sort of he's quite a relaxed person, mm. and it so it worked really well. Um, we didn't clash too much over it. Like obviously you have hard days, but to and be you're a married couple. You're together twenty four seven. You're <laughs> but, gonna fight now. Yeah, <laughs> but to be fair, we were quite good at sort of separating athlete coach and then when we went home it was you know if, if I was frustrated in the gym with him it wasn't because of him it was because of me and I'd, yeah. and I'd leave it at the gym so I think yeah. that's why it worked. Oh that's perfect yeah. and now we're moving into the next yeah. chapter. <laughs> Watch the out. The whole baby thing. Yeah yeah. <laughs> so when you found out you were pregnant obviously it's one of the most amazing and scariest and like the feeling Where, how did you feel? Um, I, I kind of like ran out and jumped on the bed and showed Regan the test and he was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we were both in shock, but obviously ecstatic and, and really excited. And, that, and that's the thing, isn't it? It is just, oh, like our whole life is yep. about to change. Absolutely. For the better. Yeah, of course. So how's the pregnancy going? It's actually been amazing. I've yeah. been very lucky. Um, Certainly the first 14 weeks I was very, very tired and, you know, typical sort of first trimester, but I uh, tried my best to sort of do something movement-wise. Yeah, I have. So I sort of, you know, every day is different depending on how I feel, but I've kept, tried to keep going no matter what. That was sort mm -hmm. of my one thing was I wanted to keep as active as possible and it always seemed to work for me. That was what, you know, sort of settled any feeling unwell of extremely yeah. tired. And, um, I'm you know, I trained this morning and I'm still moving as much as I can and I hope to – just so you're eight months now? 
Or oh, a bit over eight months? Um, so, yeah, I'm nearly th- – I'm just off 38 weeks. So I'll be 38 weeks Friday. So when you say you trained this morning, what did you do this morning? Just like a modified Metcon. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of light barbell <laughs> and some, some cardio. And, and you think that's helping you get through it? I think so. For me, it, it has and that's – Because you know, it would be really hard to stop, I suppose, when you've been training for so yeah, many years every, to actually then stop. Yeah, like I said, every day is different and every week I, I sort of have to remove movements. But I just have done that by listening to my body and obviously my – GP and um, midwife are supportive and they know that I'm modifying appropriately and I've started bringing in some Pilates and more gentle things as well. So, yeah, it's just about, I mean, for, for my body it's normal yeah. um, and but I'm working at, you know, 20 to 30% of what my body's previously I lifted. think that's a really good point though because there's yeah. a lot of people out there that think, oh, I'm going to have a baby, I've got to get fit and all this sort of stuff. It's yeah. like what your body currently is used to, then yes. you're just continuing. Definitely. You? you don't want to take up any new sports, but you How do. How devastated were you when the six-pack went? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I mean, it had to affect you. Oh, no, to, to be honest, it's, I've actually kind of enjoyed. Like, it's I guess um, the body is so amazing. Yeah. That's sort of it's almost the other end of it. Like, I've actually every week, uh, you know, have taken a little picture for, for us of yeah, just of, of my tummy, and um, I have like a little closed group that only my mum and mother-in-law can see, and it's just yeah. really neat seeing the change. Like, I just blows my mind that you know less than a year prior I was competing at the Commonwealth Games oh, amazing. with you know eight percent body fat and then yeah. you know uh, 12 months later I'm growing a human and it's just <laughs> it's just the yeah the body is amazing I love that I'm growing a human which yeah. it is and it's like <laughs> there's going to be a little one of us yeah and do you know if it's a boy or a girl it's a girl it's a girl have yeah. you named her already we've got, we've, well we, I, I'm pretty sure we have we have a hit list of our favorites we're okay. pretty traditional we've got some family names we're keen on so yeah um, but we're, I've been told to wait until I meet her because occasionally sure. people name children and then they meet them and they're like, oh, that doesn't work. Yeah, a girl named Brian is not the best <laughs> idea you've ever had. So when did, what made you find out that you were going to have uh, um, what sex the baby was? I always wanted to know and um, because I am uh, 37, we, we wanted to sort of do the extra genetic testing yeah, and things. So yep. uh, with that, you have the option. You can still choose not to, yeah. uh, but both Regan and I wanted to know and – um, I mean, we you know there's still other so many other exciting things, and I I can't help wanting to be a little bit prepared. <laughs> it's just in my nature. So, but uh, just to let you know, a friend of mine in England told yeah. they were having a girl, made a completely <laughs> pink bedroom, and then the boy come. Well, yeah. So <laughs> there is a bit of pink in the room, so we would be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. No, we did the same. We we found out with all our kids, and uh, we, we didn't tell anyone. We always said that. No, we don't know. We don't know. But we knew, and we we named pretty much one or two names. And then yeah. when we met the child, it was like, yeah, you're definitely that um, yeah. that person. Because, yeah, as you say, like they might come out look a little bit different than what you, you thought. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing because when you get the uh, scans done, they look like an alien. Yeah. And it's got to be like people say all oh, babies are beautiful. They're not when they're inside. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's, it's pretty surreal when they actually scan your belly and there's a human in there. Yep. Definitely, and just when they obviously kick and move, and yeah, it's a little, like a little alien. <laughs> and are you at the point now where sort of she started to kick less, and she's sort of getting ready? And you yeah, can... she's definitely running out of room. Yeah. So her the way she, she, I think she can't turn like she was like she previously. Was. So definitely, um, she's like, I mean, really, I'm fair game anytime. <laughs> Thirty eight weeks. That's really no, exactly. any time between now and probably forty one weeks is average. So so you've just finished work. Yes, yeah. yeah. And now you're on maternity leave? I am. Oh, yeah. Is that exciting or are you bored it, yet? No, it is exciting. I um 
I, I guess I was uh, ready to have a little bit of time just to do some last minute things and yeah. spend some time and come on my podcast, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do some, do, do some things for, for me for and you, with yeah, Riggs and sure. with Riggs, and it's just been nice to have. Even I mean, it's only been a couple of days, but it has been nice already. And how's he going now? Like, obviously, he's really good through the whole pregnancy. Is he now starting to think, oh my god, there's going to be two of them in the house? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think he's really excited. Yeah, he's, he's been really, he he's been really adorable the whole way through, and just um. Just even the other day when she's kicking around and just his mind's blown. (laughs) It is an amazing thing because the other thing as a husband to watch your wife go through that Mm. and like it doesn't get talked about a lot. I know because it's not about us, it's all about you. But the feelings and stuff. And and that's what I mean. Like you don't, uh, people don't understand how you're feeling because like I felt really useless. Yeah. Because like you're going through, she got sore back, you got all that, and I can't do anything except like rub your back or do whatever. But at the same time, is you're the one growing the human. Yeah. <laughs> we started the process, but you yeah. actually got to finish yeah. it. Yeah. I guess it's it, very weird. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine. I guess it's, um, I think that's probably the nice thing about this day and age. At least you can be part of the scans and, and it, you know, sort of, ha- sort of be part of it in a different way. But probably, yes, agreed. It's hard. It's all really. It's just that the female body doing its thing, isn't it? So. And, and that's, as you say, the body. It's, a, it's amazing. It is. So are you still studying a PhD or you've got that uh, now so or where I, are we with that? Um, so I submitted um, about two months ago. However, <laughs> doesn't quite, I guess with a PhD, it doesn't really end until you get your external um, reviewers' remarks back and then you normally have to refine it and then resubmit it. Um, but I guess within that too, um, because of the type of PhD I did, I had uh, sort of individual manuscripts that are still going um, at the moment. So I'm getting revisions back from the different journals. So I've actually spent most of this morning as well, <laughs> actually on my computer fixing those up. So it hasn't hasn't really ended yet until I guess I get the remarks back. The doctorate? From, yeah, yeah. Wow. And so what's your PhD in? Uh, so I looked at shoulder injury and water polo, so risk factors for injury of the shoulder. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's different. I know, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? Oh, I, so I guess for me, the shoulder is always an area of interest as a physio. It's something yeah. we're really effective at treating. And as a weightlifter. Yeah, and so then that's it. So um, and and I guess the interest in overhead athletes and overhead sport. And um, obviously, I'm not a swimmer and I'm not a water polo athlete, but um, I think having a fresh set of eyes has probably been a good thing. I've had to learn a lot about what you know what uh, toll their sport takes on yeah, their body, definitely. and so. Um, but yeah, I've been really lucky to do it up at the Queensland Academy of Sport and I guess opportunities to do sports-based research, um, are far and few apart. So when the, when the opportunity came up, I, it was probably a year before I felt like I was ready, but there was, it was the right scholarship and the right, yeah, right, the right topic. Yeah. That's amazing. So, okay. We have the baby. Mm-hmm. What's next? What, what, what are we doing now? Are we going to go back and be an athlete or have we retired? Um, I've, I've definitely retired, I think from that high, high level okay. competition, uh, I, I never know that. You, yeah, I, I think <laughs> the chances of me coming back and doing something are pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, initially, obviously, I just I want to take some time and spend some time with her, and we'll figure it out after that. So, would you go into coaching? Do you think is it something that, that yeah. you're passionate about? I I definitely like I help a little bit currently with the weightlifting, but in fairness, I dropped back a lot from coaching the weightlifting directly when I was training into the games, and then obviously the PhD has been the focus since yeah. the games. Um, which is I really wanted to tie that up before uh, hopefully we had the baby. So um, it'll just really depend, I guess, on how my timetable pans out with her. And um, I do I do love coaching. I really enjoy coaching weightlifting. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if I do more of that. I definitely do a little, but not as much. Obviously, Regan leads that. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Well, I'm, I've loved hearing your story and I really appreciate it. I always finish my podcast with some quick fire questions. Okay. okay are you ready? My brain's a bit slow, so oh, that's it's okay. easy on mine. So it's not a problem. <laughs> I'm not even pregnant. Favorite food? Oh, I don't know. Has it changed since you're pregnant? No. I might, I, I, so you haven't had any cravings no. or anything like that? No, I have. Is that because you eat so well normally? I think my diet's been so consistent for such a long time. (laughs) Yeah. So, what's your favorite cheat meal then? I quite, well, (laughs) so at the moment, I've I've been enjoying, um, so we kind of make our own homemade sort of Turkish burgers that Greg's makes like chips and stuff at home. And that's sort of been quite high on my, it's not really a cheat meal, like it's, but it's, yeah, it's one of my my favorite sort of, yeah. Okay. Your favorite song? Um, all of me. Love, great. A favorite place in the world? Oh, home. Home? Where's home? My, as in my home. Like as, as in your in, home where you live. Yeah. No matter so where that just, is. No, no, as in my home with Regan, like being yeah. at home, just being at home with our dogs and just, yeah. So I didn't mention your dogs because prior to your baby, <laughs> you had babies previously, <laughs> which is obviously your, your dogs. Yeah. You love them, don't you? I do. It's, it's they're crazy, but they're great. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what is it about them? What sort of dogs are they? Uh, they're staffies. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. And what are their names? Uh, so, Ralph is five <laughs> and Penny is about 18 months. And how do you reckon they're going to go with the baby? I think the older one will be quite amazing because he's, yeah. he's definitely aware um, of what's going on, has been sort of sleeping in her nursery. And, oh, really? And he, uh, if the little one's being silly, he positions himself between me and her. So, and, and hold, like, we'll just hold her with one paw Isn't and tell her, tell her to calm down. Yeah. So he's very aware that he's got to look after mum at the moment, um, whereas the younger one's a bit nuts. So I reckon we'll have to introduce her slowly. <laughs> <laughs> but dogs are like that, though. Yeah. We, we just I'll got a second it dog, too. We've got Groodles, which is oh, like a golden retriever poodle. And yeah, the um, first one, he was he's so dumb. He's <laughs> seriously. And then, then the other one, she's only eight months old, but she's just a genius. Like, go to your crate. And she goes and like, she's like, who? <laughs> it's like, yeah. They're just such, they've got their That's own personalities, so haven't they? It's yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, Andy, thanks so much for coming to spend some time with me. I really Pleasure. appreciate it. I loved hearing your story and good luck with the baby. Thank you. Um, good luck with everything that goes with after that. Yes. And uh, I look forward to bringing my daughter down and lift some weights with you. Sounds excellent. Thanks for that. Yeah. Cheers. Hey guys, thanks for listening. What an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macca and look out for more Meteor 8 podcasts.